1: but we'll retire by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to the dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know.
0: Thank you. Hi, all. Today, we'll be chatting with Anne-Michelle Wand and her life partner, Doug Marcy, who left Boulder, Colorado, and retired in Bocas del Toro in Panama. Bocas del Toro is a province in northeast Panama, just a couple of hours south of Puerto Viejo, Costa Rica, that comprises a small piece of the mainland and an archipelago of nine main islands. The province of Bocas del Toro, which means mouth of the bull, is 4,644 square kilometers with a population of 125,000. When travelers are referring to going to Bocas del Toro, however, they typically mean that they're headed to Isla Colón, home of Bocas Town, the main tourist town and the biggest population center of the islands. Our guests, however, live in Isla Solarte. Isla Solarte is a small island located one mile east and a quick water taxi away from Bocas Town. Interestingly, Christopher Columbus cruised around the islands to restock his ships in 1502, and he named Isla Colon after himself. Hmm. Quite the ego. <laughs> Bocas del Toro encompasses some of the Central America's largest rainforests, and it's known for trading bananas and chocolates. Now, a little bit about our guests.
1: anne Wand was born in Brooklyn, New York, and raised in Middletown, New York. She attended the University of Miami and studied psychology. She's been married and divorced three times and has two children and two grandchildren. Her career included owning two hair salons and her own real estate franchise. And she invested in real estate herself and considered it her retirement account. She sold her last franchise in May of 2021 and is mostly retired. She assists her husband in his nonprofit, Saving Coral and Fish Habitats in Panama. She also builds or remodels and sells one home per year there. And has written an article about Bocas del Toro for travel weight. She said there are two things that get her out of bed each morning. The drive to keep developing herself, living every second of life to the fullest, and her deep passion for helping others do the same while living up to their full potential. Her interests include personal development, deepening her spirituality, doing things with family, and enjoying life to the fullest. She also likes to snorkel, kayak, go on their boat, dance, play cards, and have dinner parties. Sounds like a life to me. Oh
0: man, I know, right? Living in that perfect weather, too. Doug Marcy was born in Lincoln, Nebraska, and raised on a large farm in Hay Springs. He went to college in Lincoln and became a civil engineer. Another engineer. Why? Wow, we have so many engineers. I know. This is like, I think you're the eighth engineer. At least. His main careers were engineer designing shopping malls. Whoa, I have a <laughs> lot of comments for those. Roads and bridges and more. He's also a small plane pilot and built airplanes wow. and made a living selling his. His wildlife art for a time, having a clothing store, and built custom homes. Boy, these two guys are such busy bees, man. Doug was married twice and has two children and three grandchildren. Well, you guys have a lot of experience in getting married and getting <laughs> divorced. Okay. Now,
2: with that? now got it right.
0: Good for you. Now retired. His passion involves saving coral. Thank you so much. And building fish habitats in the Caribbean with his non-profit caribbean coral restoration panama his interests include diving coral restoration art and aviation The couple lives year round in Panama and visits family in the States at least twice a year. So welcome to the pod and Michelle and Doug, please tell us how Panama became your retirement destination.
3: Well, I think I'll tell that story because I was the one that first had the dream of living on a Caribbean island. And I've had that dream since I was 18 years old. I wanted to travel the world and find my place in the sun. Of course, as life would have it, things interfered and it took a long time. To get here, you know, marriages and children, tangents that we go off on businesses and parents and all the things we have to take care of in life. But finally, after doing being successful in business and traveling the world with different friends, found Bogus Del Toro. And the way that I did that was I subscribed to a magazine called International Living for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And it tells about emerging markets all over the world. And 22 years ago, they put out a thing about Bocas del Toro and how Panama was an up-and-coming destination. And at the time, they didn't really recommend Bocas because it was so wild, wild west but in, you know, now they definitely recommend it. And I was traveling with a girlfriend, single at the time, and we were going through all the Central American countries because we thought that was the most likely place for us to land. And she also had a dream about living on a Caribbean island. And we went to Mexico, several places in Mexico, and decided that the government was not something we could trust and the way you buy property there was not some way that we liked it. We went to Belize, which we loved, but it was too expensive. We went to Costa Rica three times thinking that Costa Rica, you know, in the 90s, Costa Rica was the hot place. Again, what we found was the places we liked were already too expensive for us and the places that we could afford were too remote. And we had this idea about being in a place that was poised for growth and had a vibrant expat community that we could interact with because we both still had to work, you know, and couldn't retire and still wanted to move, you know, prior to retirement age. So, So I saw an ad in International Living and it said cheapest land in the Caribbean and a phone number. And I called that number, had a conversation with the guy, my friend and I crossed the border from Costa Rica. We were in Costa Rica at the time and spent four days in Panama. And right when we got off the plane, you know, it was a little commuter plane that you have to fly here that holds like 20 people or something, looked around and said, this could be the place I could live here. And four days later, both of us had purchased a piece of land.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And
3: so that's how it started. The second trip down, we were able to find and purchase a commercial piece of property in Bocas proper, but we had both bought land on Solarte on the first trip. Wow.
0: That was bold. May I ask, was the land very affordable so you could just like do it on the spot?
3: Yeah, we had a limited amount of funds. We had cash, but we had limited cash. We couldn't afford Costa Rica. We couldn't afford Belize at the time. Mm-hmm. But the prices here in Panama, we could afford and we just were able to pay cash for the land and the commercial property. She and I was a girlfriend at the time. She and I bought separate pieces of land and we Mm -hmm. bought the commercial property together.
0: Okay.
2: My story's a lot shorter. I was actually on a sailing trip. I had the same kind of dreams about living somewhere in the tropics when I retired and so I had been exploring the islands, primarily the Bahama Islands. And I was on a sailing trip in the Bahamas and I came back and we had just started dating. And Michelle and I had just started dating at that time. And when I got back to my hotel room, there was a call waiting for me. That This was before cell phones. So there was a call waiting there for me. She said, I have found a place that you're going to like. You've got to come down here. Wow. So I changed my reservations back to Denver. I was in Miami. I changed from Miami to Denver to Panama City, came down and met, she met me in Panama City. And then we flew in like on a commuter plane the next day. That was the same thing for me. I never left. Wow. It, wow. Was, uh, it was exactly what we had envisioned. Certainly, my search was over at that point. And
1: besides the affordability, what, what struck you about the place?
2: Well, it was the beauty of it. The people were uh, really friendly. Everywhere you looked, it looked like a, everywhere you went, it looked like a postcard in some advertisement. The population w- that was here was there was an expat community. There were a lot of people who lived here, but it wasn't crowded on the beaches. You know, it wasn't the kind of place where you were all of a sudden you went into somewhere where it was over-commercialized. It was an ideal place for me. Nice.
3: For me, I was looking for four things because I had previously owned a vacation home in Hawaii with my sister and didn't think Hawaii was the place I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for closer to United States for ease of travel. I was looking for affordability, both in living expenses and purchasing property. We are able to live on half. It used to be a third, but with inflation, I'd say about half of what we lived on in the States. I was looking for a place where the people were friendly and accommodating and it was easy to meet people. It certainly is here. The Panamanian people are very modest and friendly and family oriented and the expats are ready and open to newcomers. And the other thing was that the climate for me had to be tropical and lush. And so Bocas is a Tropical rainforest, the average temperature year round is 82 degrees, including the water is 82 degrees, wow. which is important for me to not have that shock when I go in the water. <laughs> and that yeah. clear blue Caribbean water that everyone loves. Wow. So that wow. all four of those criteria for mm-hmm. me, it was a no-brainer. Nice.
1: So what, what specifically is the weather like? Does it ever get cold? And how's the rainy season?
3: The the coldest it ever gets is about seventy degrees. You know, if it goes down to sixty nine, we're putting Jackets on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's a redefinition of what cold, what cold
3: is. is. <laughs> I and think cold is Denver, it gets, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the warmest it ever gets is about ninety on a very hot summer day, and that's usually if you're in town on you know walking in the sun on cement. Not at our place where there's a constant northerly breeze. It never gets too hot here, really. Wow. Um, so the temp the temperature is ideal for us. It's too hot for some people. It is humid. But there's the trade winds that constantly blow through here. And if you are in the shade, it is heavenly. Oh, wow. The scenery can't be beat. The Nine Islands and the Archipelago, you never get bored. The beauty of it is amazing.
2: Wow. And when she says trade winds, it's a trade breeze is what it is. (laughs) Our average wind speed here is about seven miles an hour. (laughs) If it gets much more than that, it's a windy day. Yeah, and (laughs) it's just enough to keep the air moving, so it's cool. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's a
2: cooling breeze.
3: We can see the the uh, rainy season. This is a secret. (laughs) <laughs> but oh, it's beautiful here, even in rainy season. People <gasps> think rainy season, that it rains all day long, every day, day and night, and you just mm-hmm. can't do anything. Or, But that's not true. It mm-hmm. rains very often at night and is oh, gorgeous in the days. Wow. It does rain. Some I've been here where it's rained, you know, for maybe 3 or 4 days, but not all day. You know, it'll mm-hmm. rain for an hour, 2 hours of sunshine, another rainstorm passes through. We have about I've timed this um we probably have about 30 days to 45 days of pure sunshine where there are no clouds mm-hmm. in the day. We mm-hmm. have about 200 days of high clouds or partially cloudy days where the temperature is still perfect and they're even better because you don't get a sunburn on those days but it's Mm -hmm. still gorgeous and then we have the the rest of the days you know what did i say 245 we do get rain on those other days Mm -hmm. we get 132 inches of rain a year it's a lot yeah but we're off grid and we depend on that rain for our water we catch it in cisterns and Mm -hmm. we provide all our water with so we love the rain and you do have to love the rain but it's not like living in Seattle where it's cold it's mm-hmm. warm and it's often a mist that we call Bajareque you can walk in it or even if it's a little harder you can walk in it with an umbrella and it's warm rainy season you could come here any time of the year and okay maybe you couldn't go sunbathing every day but if people go diving in almost any weather and mm-hmm. there are other things you can do even on a cloudy day so
0: so you mentioned that you guys go back to the st- states twice a year. Where is the nearest international airport?
3: Panama City.
0: All right. And how far is that for you folks?
3: It's a 50-minute flight from Bocas to Panama City.
0: Okay, okay. From your house to the airport? Well, we take
3: a 10-minute boat ride to park our boat on shore mm-hmm. and then a three-block walk or taxi ride to the airport. And oh,
0: they take a
1: boat ride to the airport. That's, That's so cool. cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. That sounds
3: wonderful. Ride. I mean, this is these are islands. Yeah. yeah. So you get everywhere by boat. You there's only roads on one island. And that's Isla Cologne. And it makes a big half circle around the island. It doesn't even go all the way around the island. Wow. So you have no need for a car. But if you live anywhere but Isla Cologne, you need a boat.
0: Okay. And are they readily available? Let's say you have a flight at 1140 p.m. Are you talking about
1: water taxis? How are the water taxis?
3: Yeah. The water taxis are, are just like land taxis, but they're water taxis. And, they're, mm-hmm. you know, and most people do not travel at night. For example, like you said, if you have an 1140 flight, there's no 1140 flight out of here, out of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are in high season there are four flights a day and the last one leaves about four thirty five o'clock. If you so let's say you have a flight the next day nine o'clock in the morning to somewhere else, you fly from Bocas the day before. Ah. or if you have an afternoon flight from Panama City, you could fly the same morning and get there. But you I... plan you plan that little extra time, and what? we've learned to just enjoy it because we fly to Panama City. We have friends that live there. Sometimes our um, uh, medical or shopping things. We plan things. We have a nice dinner. We meet our friends and then we fly the next day. And it's just part of the experience.
0: So let's talk about housing for a moment. When the both of you decided this was the place, did you rent first or did you buy? Well, land? she bought the land. Yeah. Well, she bought the land, but was right. that sufficient for I, the boat? I
3: bought the land, did not build on it right away, didn't have the money to do it right away, honestly. Mm-hmm. So we rented first an apartment in Isla Cologne for few years while saving the money to build. And then Doug, you know, his history is custom home building. So when we got together, we built the house and he built it with a crew.
2: Mm-hmm. She married wow.
0: a guy with a tool wall. That
3: was smart. That yeah.
0: was smart. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> what are you trying to say? am <laughs> not trying to say anything. I just said it. What was the cost of all that?
2: If you could to
3: share build the house. Yeah. That's For... a
2: floating figure because we, uh, we built it over time. Mm-hmm. But I know approximately how We're much. Pro-
3: yeah. Well, the, the land at the time cost me $20,000. Wow.
2: And how, how
0: much land were we talking about?
3: We're talking a quarter acre. We have since Ooh. purchased some of the land around us. So now we mm. have about an acre. Wow. Wow. Nice. But still, That's very nice. Then, yeah. And then mm. the house, which we built on stilts over the sea. Okay. So we're sitting above the water and you're wow. looking at the water all the time. That's, that's the amazing. view of the other, uh, one of the other islands called Bastimentos.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: The house probably cost around two hundred thousand to build.
0: Hmm. Okay, but
3: that's partly because you know Doug did a lot of the work. It probably would have cost more had I hired yeah. an outside contractor. Yeah. yeah, it's a
0: good thing you married a civil engineer. I mean, they know about foundations, you know, <laughs> yeah. and soil and all that good yeah, stuff. So you have high lines below we the water. Do. We do. Oh wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So in case there's like some kind of hurricane, hurricane or nature, don't or...
3: Get, that's another thing about here. There are no hurricanes. Oh. We are. Out outside of the hurricane belt. We're eight oh. degrees from the equator. Wow. wow. That's why the weather's also so, so great. Sm- That's yeah. so lucky. Okay.
2: so Again, do you- occasional tropical storm, but they're over quickly and basically minimal damage, if at all.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Last time, there did significant damage it was, I think, 71. There was a storm that did, some,
1: did damage. some damage. Say in today's economy, you wanted to buy a little house. Do you know what that would run?
3: Well, you know, I was in the real estate business until a year and a half ago, and I still keep my finger on the pulse. And remember that I build and sell houses.
0: Right, right.
3: So I just sold a vacation home to a guy on the island of Bastimentos in town. Um, it's a two-bedroom, two-bath house on a small lot. It's not on an acreage. It's on a city lot because it's right on the bay of Bastimentos. And I sold it to him. Uh, we just closed on it. $215,000.
1: That's it. Wow. That's so Great.
3: You can spend more for mm-hmm. bigger houses, cool. larger land. Depends if it's titled or rights of possession, all those things. But my sweet spot, so to speak, for my target market mm-hmm. is to keep it in the 2 to 250 range so people can afford to have a waterfront property that they love. Oh, wow. That wow. sounds wonderful. That sounds wow. beautiful.
0: So, so
1: that's on the water or near the water?
3: On the sea with a private dock. Wow. No beach. <laughs> private dock. Sounds wonderful. No
1: beach, but just with a dock. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, there's a
3: seawall to keep the water from um, washing away the, the
1: land. And so you you're saying does he own the land or not? He owns the land. Oh, he owns the land. The city.
3: Okay. It's a 200 square meter lot, city lot. Okay. So he has okay. close neighbors. If you wanted to have not close neighbors, like we have an acre, you would pay more. Sure, you know. sure. That makes sense.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's really affordable. That's the reason incredible. we
3: didn't pay more is because I bought the land so long ago. Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. sure. yeah. Okay.
3: Do you know what the rentals go for in the area? Yeah, there's lots of different rental prices in the area, mm. Um and that's one of the things that makes both del toro so affordable you can buy a what we call a panamanian style apartment mm-hmm. and usually that's a, a panamanian native that has a multi-family home where they live on top and they have several apartments underneath something mm-hmm. along those lines and you can rent those anywhere from three hundred dollars a month to six hundred dollars a month let's say oh. so you can start out very affordably and you can build up from there you know as your income permits but you can rent for more if you want to live in a little house, you're probably gonna play closer to eight hundred to a thousand or more if it's a bigger house. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, for fifteen hundred to two thousand a month, you can have a beautiful home that mm-hmm. you can rent here. Yeah, and that's ca- cheap compared to other places in the world for sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: and compared to most islands in the Caribbean, that's incredible.
3: Yes, we're the cheapest land and living in the Caribbean.
0: I never knew about this place. Yeah. What about taxes? Property taxes?
3: Taxes are an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. So property taxes. There are two ways to purchase property here. Titled property, which has property tax and rights of possession, which you don't actually own the land. The government holds the title, but you can purchase that title from the government at any time and create titled land. In fact, the government wants you to do that so they can collect taxes, but the taxes are low. They run from, for residential, a half percent to one percent of the registered value of the property. Now, sometimes the registered value of the property is very low because you, bought it, let's say, from a Panamanian and they had it registered at $1,000. And if it's in a corporation, Mm -hmm. you don't have to re-register those improvements until you're ready. So you can keep your taxes very low and not register the improvements. Say you remodel the house and now it's worth more. You don't have to register those improvements right away. And Mm -hmm. so you can pay no tax. It's it's under, I think it's $30,000. You pay no tax whatsoever. And then above that, it increments up to that 1%. Commercial okay. property, I think, is one and a half and two point something percent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So still taxes are very low. And that's yeah. only entitled property. If you okay. choose to keep your property ROP or rights of possession, you never pay any taxes at all. Oh, no Nice. Tax. So there are choices to be made here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you'd have to talk to a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer to get the nuances and, you know, integrations sure. of how it all works.
0: In terms of fulfilling your daily needs, how close are the markets, yeah. you know, Know, for, for food, us, groceries.
3: For us, we're ten minutes from a grocery store. We take the boat into town, just like we do to go anywhere. To go anywhere, and we because we own property on Isla Colon, we have a, a place to park. Park the boat. We go grocery shopping. I go grocery shopping on my bike
0: without having to take a boat or amenities or things you might need for the home in walkable distance. Or is everything well,
3: for our where we live on Salarte? Nothing. There's no store here. There's no wow. grocery store. There's no furniture store. There's no roads.
0: Oh, okay. There's no
3: roads except on Isla Cologne. So for everything, we have to go to Isla Cologne. We, we plan. I go shopping once a week and I stock up non-perishables for a month.
0: Well, when you were building the home, how is that? Bringing in materials and- Everything
3: and- comes by boat. They bring large cayucas, they call them cayucas or barges, mm-hmm. and they bring in bags of cement Wood, metal, anything you need to build the home is all brought in and loaded off the dock to Mm -hmm. the land and carried by laborers to the site.
0: So you have to be really organized. You can't say, oh, (laughs) I think I need a 32 hex, you know, (laughs) and and I...
3: Doug would have to go in the boat to town to the hardware store and get it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Oh, easy enough. Easy enough.
3: Remember that? Your boat is your car. It's like you getting in the car and going 10 minutes to the hardware store. We get in the boat and go 10 minutes to the hardware store.
1: uh, Right. Are there people who don't have their own boats and just use the water taxis?
3: Yeah, there are people who don't have boats. On the close-in islands, which is Caranero, Bastimentos, and Solarte, there are three islands that are very close, within a mile you can just take a water taxi and not have a boat and have them drop you off on, on the public dock or your own dock. But do many have their own boats? A lot of people do. because oh, Most
2: a- people do. It's not impossible to live on the out islands without a boat, but it's inconvenient.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean,
2: I, So I, most people eventually get a boat, even if they're not boat people and they learn how. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the people that works for me in my coral restoration business they were not boat people at all they had never driven a boat in their life wow. and they came down here and built about a quarter of a mile from us on the same island are now avid boat people they just learned it within a year they were as expert as you need to be to be safe on this
3: so there's a lot of docking
0: yeah. a lot of docking spaces i suppose right it's oh, not boy. enough
3: as as in any town or city there's never enough parking The need for that is being realized and a guy about two years ago built a dock just for boat parking for people. Oh oh, just by the hour or by the day.
2: Wow. Parking lot only, it's for boats. For boats. Yeah.
3: (laughs) What's what's the price of a water taxi? Sometimes Doug will drop me off in town and then he won't want to come back and get me for because he's busy doing something else. Yeah. So I'll take a water taxi home and that's eight dollars.
0: Okay. Okay. Not bad.
3: Very it's affordable.
1: So how's healthcare there? Is there a hospital on any of the islands?
3: Yes, there is a basic hospital on Isla Cologne. So yeah, and we've had a couple of minor accidents. Doug tried to rip his thumb off and we had to go to the hospital. <laughs> we've had we've been very fortunate in staying healthy. You do have to be healthy to live here, reasonably mm-hmm. healthy, but there are ways to mitigate the extra care that you're gonna need. So there's a basic hospital that delivers a lot of babies that does minor they could st- They could do stitches for you. They could take an x-ray they could treat an infection prescribe antibiotics that type of thing the basic but if you really needed major surgery like Doug needed a hernia operation mm. and so that was a, a surgery we had time to plan we took a drive to David the next largest city from here that is four hours away yeah okay and then go to the hospital there we went to a clinic and Doug had his hernia operation for example mm. there's also there's varying degrees that you can can get health insurance here, and health insurance is way cheaper than in the states because they have no malpractice.
1: Mm. Oh wow. You know,
3: for, <laughs> for example, a woman <laughs> who is 50 years old can get insurance for about because well, my girlfriend has this $55 a month and it's wow. 80-20 insurance, just like you have would have. Does she have to go to David or Panama City for treatment? Yes, she does. And you just plan a trip for those routine things. Mm-hmm. We also have Medivac. You can sign up for Medivac if you're on an outer island. Is the chances of you dying a little more if you have a major heart attack and can't get to the hospital? Yes. This is an adventurous place to live and people choose that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have Medivac and you can be flown to the nearest hospital in David or Panama City. Mm-hmm. David would be a 20 minute flight oh. and Panama City would be a 50 minute flight.
0: I guess I'll be going to David. <laughs> And what about
1: primary care doctors? Are they around the island?
3: There's a few doctors that work at the hospital that also have private practice. So if you need to go just to the doctor for a general, I have the flu or whatever thing, they're here and you can and people go to them. And then we have three dentists and, a, and a, probably as many doctors. We used to only have one 22 years ago when I first came here. We had one, but now it's growing and the need is growing and the expat community is growing. So they opened a clinic that has a couple of dentists and a couple of doctors and stuff. And then if you, again, if you need the major, things, you would need to plan it and go to a, a larger hospital. But okay. for small things, everyday things, you, we have pharmacies, you can go and buy the drugs you need. They may not right. have it, but you can right. go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, they're pretty good, though, most of the time. No, most of the time they're good. Time they're good. good.
3: Yeah. Let's, there's a guy that lives here with diabetes type 1, and he mm-hmm. just has his medication flown in, and he just picks it up at the pharmacy.
0: Okay. 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 Wow. What about restaurants and food? Is there much on the island? Oh boy.
3: There's such good food here. We have a lot of great restaurants, and Doug okay. and I go out to eat maybe once a week or so, and they're getting more and more choices all the time. Now, COVID did affect people closed down, and new places are opening up, but there's fantastic food here. You can get sushi. You can get Indian food. You Ooh. can get tacos. You can get Panamanian food. You, pizza. Pizza. Wow. Italian food.
2: Pizza. Mm-hmm. Just
3: oh, about man. anything you can get here. There's a restaurant vegan for Vegan restaurants. It. Yep. We got vegan. Wow wow products here in the grocery stores and Mm -hmm. restaurants that serve vegetarian food that's recent in the last three years
2: yeah (laughs) when we first came here it was hard to buy lettuce for a salad
3: exactly (laughs) you could not buy lettuce it's too hot to grow here and they didn't oh but now, with all the expats here, they grow it in Boquete, which is 3,000 feet above sea level, and they ship five kinds of organic lettuce every week. Oh, wow. Do you
1: think wow. you have the variety of restaurants because you get a lot of tourists? Do you get a lot of tourists?
3: Oh, yeah. We probably get 100,000 tourists during high season. Oh, wow. So, wow. Christmas to Easter that okay. come here for the diving, for the experience. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's surfing. an adventure surfing. We have surf contests. Fishing. Fishing. Wow. wow. This sounds amazing.
0: You had mentioned there are many expats. Where are they primarily from? Is there kind All of over a focus? The world.
3: Mm-hmm. This is an international community. I would say eighty percent are from the US and Canada. Okay. And the other 20% are from Australia, England, Mm. everywhere in Europe. All the countries are represented pretty much from Europe. A lot of Asians here.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you need to know Spanish or another dialect of it?
3: Everyone asks that question and no, you don't need to. You don't need to learn Spanish. It is advisable to learn Spanish if you really want to integrate with the community. Right. And, and we we have learned a certain amount of Spanish. I wouldn't call us fluent. Some of our workers don't speak English. Mm -hmm. And so we need to know a certain level of Spanish to communicate with them. A lot of the undereducated people here don't speak English. Mm -hmm. We have one guy that learned English on the job. Wow! He didn't speak a word of it when he came to work, but now he does. Yes, you probably. And there are two Spanish schools here, so you can go to Spanish school Uh and take lessons. I used Duolingo. I used Rosetta Stone, and and just plain conversing with people. Is, but if is you it tr- never learned Spanish and you didn't want to, you can get by oh. because you. Can, a lot of people do speak English. All the educated people speak English, mm-hmm. and you can always get a translate with Google Translate. I use yeah. Google Translate at the bank, or I take somebody with me that is a Spanish speaker, and they translate for me on something that I need to have it for.
0: What's your experience with Rosetta Stone?
3: Is it difficult? I loved Rosetta Stone. I mm-hmm. thought it was great.
0: Right. Because you hear these amazing Demonials. you know, testimonials. And I always wondered because I didn't know anyone who took it.
1: I have a question. The diving sounds amazing. And... Doug has a business, I guess you're, sa- you're trying to save the coral. It's called Caribbean Coral Restoration Panama. Can you talk a little about that, Doug?
2: Yeah, when we first came down here, and actually that the name of the company is Caribbean Coral Restoration Center. And that's the 501c3 that's in the United States that funds the company here oh. that does the actual work. And that company is called Ayuda a la Tierra. And that's a, the how, the oh. all of the work is done under that name, okay? Because it's in Panama. Don't want to confuse you, but that's how it. Yeah. That should be recorded as as how things happen. Okay. When we came down here. One of the things that attracted me was what the oceans were like. They were full of marine ecosystems that was a kaleidoscope of color underwater. Hmm. Ah. Even snorkeling. We had some of the still in my memory, some of the most beautiful experiences in my life underwater. As Anne Michelle alluded to, there were a lot of times when we were not able to come down here. We started coming down here once a year, then twice a year, staying longer each time until we gradually got to the point where we lived here. Well, when we lived here and then got our own boat, I tried to go to the places where the taxi drivers used to take us to go snorkeling, and I couldn't find them. I thought I was lost in the islands. So I got one of the taxi drivers to take me back to those places, and he dumped me off right where I'd been going. Well, that's when we realized that the oceans were in trouble. All of that biodiversity that I had expected to be there was gone. Oh, Wow. And so, Anne Michelle, being the person that she is, we started researching kinds of buildings that we were going to build on this property. And we found a place in South Africa that had exactly the kind of building that we wanted to build. Well, in reading that information, they said something about, come down and see what we do and visit our coral restoration nursery. And that was the first time and I'd ever heard anything or even imagined that there was such a thing. So we were going to go to South Africa and and look at this. Mm. And through more research, we found that there was a facility in Florida that did the same thing. And actually, as it turned out, they were some of the instigators of coral restoration. Mm, They took the hobbyist uh, ability to raise coral and propagate coral in aquariums and took it to the next level, where it was a worldwide kind of bigger project. Uh, The first thing I did was go start knocking on their door until they let me in and teach me how to do it. Nice. Good for you. Came back here and started. It has morphed now into one of the most successful Mm. coral restoration.
0: Good for you. And there are now...
2: Probably, I mean, t- at the time when I started, there were probably maybe a half a dozen in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And they're now, I would guess, I don't know the number for sure, but probably 30 Ooh, in wow. the Caribbean alone. Yeah. And so I- the technology has advanced enough to where we're, we can actually say that we know we can make a change in the environment if we are given enough time. The coral themselves are not going to be given enough time. And I won't go into the details, but because of the way coral reproduce, they can't adapt fast enough to match the changes that are happening in the waters today. So what we're doing, is we're finding the ones that are resilient in any kind of an event there are always subspecies or genotypes within the species that are more resilient, mm-hmm. more resistant to whatever those conditions are. Wow. So we're finding those, propagating those, and then replanting those in mass mm-hmm. in the ocean. And that's kind of an overview, a, a very brief overview of what we do and how we do it.
3: Oh, thank you so much. When <laughs> he says he's saving coral, it's so, so much more than that. Because when you save the coral, it recreates the fish habitats. When you recreate yes. the fish habitats, it creates food for the locals oh, and jobs for the locals in helping to do this thing that we're trying to do on a large scale. So the ripple effect is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I was reading about the uh, shortage or the need for coral reproduction. I had no idea of all these, like you said, the the conditions and what causes them to result in the way they do. It's kind of like what we're hearing about in the public about the bees. That if the bees are gone, we may all go. And that's frightening. We just take the stuff for granted,
2: right? Totally,
0: okay.
3: it's the same for the coral.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah. Some of the places where you've rejuvenated when you dive down there—is it beautiful again?
2: Oh my goodness! And again, relative compared to what it was 20 years ago, we're not going to live to see that. But compared to what the rest of the the environment is, it's amazing. It's fantastic. We had to do a proof of concept for the Panamanian government before they gave us permission to do what we do today. Mm they had to give us permissions license if you will to be able to practice coral restoration and it was something that there were no license for because it was undefined at that mm-hmm. time so we took an area that was purposely devoid of all marine life and started reconstructing there first we had to build artificial reefs so there was substrate for the coral to attach to so once we built the artificial reefs the fish started coming back the fish the coral have to have the fish to live in the mm-hmm and the other way around. It's a symbiotic relationship for all of the organisms that live in the ocean. Mm -hmm. So now out here in the, uh, it's probably about a 10-acre plot that we have out here in front that we have designated as a marine protected area. The fish, the biodiversity in there is complete. We have porpoise come in here now that feed on the fish that naturally breed and live here. The lobster bases come back. The conks have come back. Starfish are here. I haven't seen a seahorse yet. When I see a seahorse, I'll know I'm being successful. Oh, my God. <laughs> my I am
0: so thrilled that we met you guys. Oh, this is amazing that you're doing this, yeah. both of you. And Doug, thank you so much for all this wonderful
2: education. Oh, very, it, it's very inspiring, too. It makes me get out yeah. of bed in the morning. Let me tell you, because <laughs> I, there's always something new and always something rewarding about yeah. what we do. We had a, a learning curve that has been had some definite ups and downs, but mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. every day we look at what the good is that we're doing, and mm-hmm. as Ann Michelle said, we've created an industry here for the, the indigenous people. They must we're be now so in the process grateful of expanding that into laboratories and on land facilities. Wow. Most of our nurseries now are in the water, in the ocean, but we're expanding the on land facilities so that we can hire indigenous women to. Empower them, to work in those nurseries.
0: Good just doesn't stop. <laughs> well, I have to tell you that they always say if you retire or even during before you retire that you should try to find a purpose that has given me so much angst because I think like what can I do to help save the earth or help others and then I get so stressed out that I need a little hobby like painting and then I say I'm not helping anyone I'll never find my purpose but you guys you have found a purpose that is meaningful beyond for generations to come yeah kudos to you and you must be so proud of yourself oh this is so touching
2: well I'll tell you what I I didn't do it alone. This this little gal that's sitting next to me has been my <laughs> biggest cheerleader.
0: Uh,
2: and a lot of the I surrounded myself with people who knew what to do and how to do it, and they have more than been bent over backwards to help. We have a lot of volunteers from the local community that help us maintain the nurseries, the in-water nurseries, people all over the world that are open to communications with me. So when I have something that happens that I say, I don't know how this works, I don't know what's happening here. And you help me out and they're either on the phone or back on the internet with me and so exchanging cool. information. That's so cool. So and you know, a,
0: for all those studying marine biology, this is some place to do that doctoral thesis or or just yeah. to have a career in marine biology with evolving nature. This is so cool. Thank you for doing all this.
2: Thank you for recognizing the, the effort.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, we are. And, and you're right. Yeah. You
2: don't have to be a marine biologist to do this. You have mm-hmm. to be somebody that wants to make connections with people that know Mm -hmm. and have the education. The science is what makes it possible, but the guys in the trenches are what makes it happen.
0: Right. One can't do it without the other. I totally agree. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just amazing. So do you miss anything from the States? I know you go back twice a year, so you probably don't miss much because you get there enough.
2: (laughs) It's hard to have lived in the sandhills of Nebraska and then in the mountains of Colorado and not miss something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do have my family and some good friends that there. So I that's always something to keep in touch with. Mm-hmm. But as far as lifestyle and living and things that are available to me, everything is here. I am an outdoorsman. And so some of the sports that I participated in in Colorado or Nebraska are not necessarily available here, but mm. they're not out of reach for me. OK, that's the other thing that I liked about this is that but if we want to do something, if we want to have an experience or re experience some of our in other words, like this year we got to Colorado just in time for the peaches and the plums to be ripe. Oh, wow. I don't know. It was That's kind of an, an nice. accident, but really it <laughs> worked out all right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah, and sweet corn. So okay. you yeah. can okay. plan those things ahead and still enjoy the things that, that are part of the memory and the, the excitement of what you had and not not think that we We've lost it forever. Yeah, absolutely.
3: I would agree with Doug that for the most part, if there's something we don't have here, we can figure out a way to get it here or go to it. The hardest thing is being far from family. I I would spend more time with my family. You know, it's a a full day's travel. We do it. They come here. We go there. But Mm -hmm. it's not like families used to be where you live next door to each other. I didn't want to live in a city Mm -hmm. and retire like that. You know, there's always some sacrifices you have to make. Okay. I was
0: just thinking along the lines also of things that you became accustomed to back in the States. Like we would nice. hear from different guests. Oh, I can't get enough of Rice Krispies, you know, <laughs> and they would sh- whenever they go over there it was from uh, Portugal, well, they would stock up.
3: That you that because I used to bring my own granola down because I like granola and you couldn't get it here. But now they import, you know, there's become a need from the expat community and they just import it and you can buy it in the grocery store. We have right. a we call it price but it's owned by Costco and they have a warehouse in Oh, and so pretty much anything that I want to get, I can get from there and I don't even have to physically go there and get it. Mm -hmm. There's a service called Services Toby and you just give her a list. I would like members select granola, I would like Havarti cheese, this brand, whatever you tell her or send her a picture of everything you want and she puts it in a truck and she ships it down here twice a week and you just pay an extra fee to have Mm -hmm. that done so you don't have to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. When I purchased, I wanted a sofa and I wanted a certain kind of sofa bed for our furniture when we were furnishing the house, but I didn't want to go shopping for it Mm -hmm. in Panama City, which is where the big stores are because there's not a big furniture store here in Bocas. So there's another service in Panama City called Simplify Panama and they Hans and Julie graciously went to every furniture store until they found the sofa that I want. They sent me a picture, they sat on them for comfort um, and went and I saw the one that I wanted, I just sent him the money, he bought it, and they shipped it here by truck.
2: That's oh, great. That's great. Do you use Amazon? Some of the all? technical stuff that we use in the coral restoration we have to order, but yes, ninety percent of it we can get on Amazon.
3: Yeah. And there's freight forwarders here, several of them, where you just ship to a warehouse in Miami. And Amazon does that for free, usually, mm-hmm. if you have Prime, right? And then from there, it either gets ocean freighted or air freighted to something like a mailboxes, etc. But okay. it's not all that. But And then you just go pick up the package and you pay an extra fee. So it's not free, but it's sure. reasonable. Even with that extra fee, it's still cheaper to live here than mm, anywhere.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll bet. You asked
3: another question about, you know, other parts of Panama. Panama are cheaper than Bocas. Mm. I would say Panama City is not, but the interior of Panama, you can live for way less than we do.
0: Yeah. Okay. Not just not as close to the water, right? Not Every time you go inland.
2: Yeah. So and a lot I, of our, our expense, our added expense here is to get it to the islands. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Understood. We get, it's cheaper just to go. The same product can be cheaper. On the mainland. Mm-hmm. It's actually only 10 miles from here, Yeah. Oh. but it takes that, it takes a lot of land and work Want to travel to make it across those 10 miles. Yeah. Hmm. So, two questions.
3: The first All one right. is Can you walk to a cafe? At the moment, we cannot walk to a cafe from our house, but our neighbors, we have two neighbors that have purchased in the last three years. Mm -hmm. On one side of us within walking distance is uh, a yoga retreat center, and they are going to open a vegan cafe right next to Ah, us. We can walk to it or take our boat. On the other side, a guy bought a house, a private home that was already there, and he renovated it into a high-end resort, and he's gonna open next January, and he's gonna have a tiki bar on the beach with, oh. with some food options. In the future, I would say within the next year, we will have two walking options of places to, to go to a cafe or someplace to eat that right. we don't have to take the boat. Right. And then the other thing is during COVID, an industry was born that didn't exist before, and that was home delivery by boat. We could get our non-perishables and stock up you know, for a month, but the perishables, I would have to go to town once a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And during COVID, we didn't want to go to town. There became something called the veggie Boat and two enterprising guys started making deliveries of fresh vegetables and fruits, wow. and eggs, and even chicken to the islands for, mm-hmm. for an extra fee.
0: The other question is if I move there and don't want to cook anymore, can I afford to eat out
3: all day? <laughs> Depends what you want to eat. If you want to eat like the Panamanians do, which is basically rice and chicken and mm-hmm. fish, a salad. You can go to a place called Tom's Restaurant that's a local restaurant restaurant and for $5 you can get a plate of chicken with rice oh, and beans and a salad nice. and a drink. Nice. So wow. that's we don't have McDonald's but we have Toms um, and <laughs> to Toms that, is
0: healthier. Yeah. Toms is
3: healthier we have, there's a sushi place that makes orders, you know, almost all the restaurants will make orders to go. So you mm-hmm. could order something and you could either send it by water taxi to bring it to you, or you could go get it yourself, you know, take out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you didn't want to cook, you could afford to eat on a reasonable budget, mm-hmm. just getting prepared. And there's more and more prepared foods. There's one grocery store called Super Gourmet in town. They specialize in prepared foods and they're homemade prepared foods from their kitchen. I love that. If you want like Lasagna or meatballs or
2: any kind of sandwich,
3: a sa- any kind of sandwich. You can go there and it's pre prepared and you can just buy it and take it home and wow, heat it
0: up. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine with me, Jean. <laughs> So long as I don't have to think about what I have to cook and, you know,
3: nope. who wants to it's do that? possible and it's reasonably affordable.
0: Okay. Take so what's the visa for retirees? like? The visa? It, mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You would want to get residency here if you want to live here full time. And what that takes is you hire a lawyer and you pay them a couple thousand dollars. That varying lawyers charge different fees. On average, it's probably $2,000 or so, plus the government fees that they charge to, to do it. And you hmm. get what's called cedula a oh. permanent resident card okay just like as if someone would get a green card for the states it costs a fee have a lawyer do it takes about four to six months and you can come and go as you please it's easy you know so
1: yeah the process sounds pretty easy
3: yeah. it's easy it just takes time and a little money right okay okay i think uh we've covered mm-hmm. quite a bit any last words of wisdom for
0: our audience and anyone interested in moving or going to where you guys are
2: we have plan on have something to do because that's the thing that is the demise of most people that come here with the expectation of retiring and having nothing to do. That's mm. their goal: is having nothing to do. But what <laughs> happens is they soon it's find out after hard. about six months that nothing to do is exactly that nothing, <laughs> and they get bored to death. That's, and then they're struggling to find something. Come down with the idea that you bring a hobby. If you've been always wanted to be an artist, then be an artist. Be a writer have something there's an endless amount of things that need attention here by entrepreneurs Mm. for sure there's all kinds of things that are have uh, gaps in them that could be filled by people who are industrious
3: for example we don't really have a locksmith you know how in the states you can just go to the store have somebody come Mm. to your house and they can rekey your house to one key for everything you can't do that here you have a separate key for every door in the house so you end up with a ring a mile. Oh my
2: goodness. But
3: if somebody were to provide that service, I think they could do well here. That's just one example of the gaps that Mm -hmm. things, services and things we don't have here. Oh,
1: that's so smart.
3: There you go, Jean.
1: That's your next (laughs) career. And Michelle, do you have any advice for anybody wanting to move down there?
3: As a believer in living life to the fullest, I say as long as you are reasonably healthy, don't have any kidney dialysis or something Mm, like that, Mm -hmm. just do it. There's an adjustment period, but if you love the ocean, and everything it has to offer you
1: would love focus. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You guys have been absolutely wonderful. Thank mm-hmm. you so much.
0: On that note. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And so happy thank to have you. met you.
2: Well, thank, you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you giving us the opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people will find focus very attractive, given everything that you guys have mentioned. And even if you're not as entrepreneurial, but you want to help nature and help the earth. Yeah. I think yeah. there's so much people can. Can do
3: so much people can do you can volunteer there's not no less than 20 charity organizations helping the indigenous in various ways floating doctors what is it papagago for yeah. for the animals you know animal spaying and shelters so there's lots of volunteer opportunities for people that want to do that there's just so much here especially today that people can do but it's not for everybody right Bogus has that funky vibe like key west about 50 years ago right wow Have you Florida. Wow. You know, that. Oh, we wanted to go to the yeah. hamburger in paradise kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's not for everybody.
0: Right. right, right. Yeah.
3: Slowly but surely, there are more high end communities opening here. And we just put coral structures at one of them called Bocas Bali that charges $900 a night to stay there. And oh they wanted goodness. to put a coral structure so that people could watch without having to snorkel from glass floors in their cabins. That's one of oh the projects God. he's working on right now. Oh. So there's there is a little something for depending, but you have to have an adventurous spirit. Yeah. Before
0: we wrap, what was the name of that organization? Ayuda, like help? Ayuda.
3: Ayuda a la tierra. Help the earth.
0: OK, got it. Spanish for help S- the earth.
3: Spanish for help the earth.
0: Right. Because I knew Ayuda from my Spanish days. <laughs> Muchas gracias. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely rest of the week. OK, you yeah. too. Thanks a lot. Thank bye. you so much. Bye. Bye bye. In the meantime, be well.